Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Some people are seeing doubling, tripling, or sextupling of their power bills, depending on what part of Europe they're in. We're seeing not quite doublings here, but the supply rate up here in New Hampshire just doubled. That's not the full power bill, but it's a good chunk of it. It's probably the largest uh, chunk of it. So probably our power bill went up by like, I don't know, 30% between last month and this month. Again, that's not much compared to what is going on in uh, in Europe, where people are probably going to be going out of business because of this. Yeah, except the situation is a little bit different because this oh, yeah. was not th- nothing to do with you know oil or you know any of that. It, it, it's entirely to do with mismanagement, as I understand it. Wait, in New Hampshire or in Europe? In regards to EverSource and New Hampshire. So, yeah, I don't know all the details about that. I know that what they put on their bill was they claimed it was the natural gas prices have gone up. Yeah, that's a lie. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, They uh, basically, it's not that natural gas prices went up because they're not using natural gas. Um, They cut that from their um their use uh i don't know the exactly repertoire yeah it, mm-hmm. it's it's basically not being used and it hasn't mm-hmm. i think it hasn't been for a little while and the reason for that is because they're trying to go green so it has there's no connection to that whatsoever and there's somebody who posted a story about this and, and the evidence for it interesting um and I, I, yeah i guess um i guess it's uh uh i i don't know it's i i get the impression that it's it's more like they're increasing the price because they don't they're buying the electricity from other parties basically or something mm-hmm. to that effect and obviously if you're not generating your own electricity you're going to have to resell more. it at yeah. a, a a higher price point so that's what's going on i heard carla garrick uh former president of the free state project she was being interviewed on the tom woods show recently mm-hmm. and she was primarily was talking about independence and uh the secession movement here and some of the interesting developments that have happened you know letting his audience know about that which is great uh but she also mentioned that apparently there's some sort of i guess permission slip that the state government has to build a new nuclear power plant in New Hampshire. I don't know what all the details are on that. It was just kind of an interesting little aside that she mentioned. If that's true, then hopefully we'll see some action from state reps in this next uh, year to, you know, do whatever needs to be done to authorize companies to put bids in and get something like that built here because we could use one. I am not an expert on uh, these these matters. That's just what I've heard about yeah, nuclear and, and over the years. I, in your defense or my defense, I, I don't think any of us are experts on this. So mm-hmm. there may be somebody who's more knowledgeable about it and can talk in detail as to you know what the costs are of these. My understanding know, about nuclear is it is the most effective, most efficient, most uh, you know the cheapest form of energy out there on the planet, with the exception of quote unquote free energy so like you know I, the sun or whatever. The, but but the problem is solar energy is not free energy the only free energy is when a plant absorbs um mm-hmm. energy from the sun anything else if you're if you're collecting solar energy you're spending money to do that you still have to buy the panels and the batteries to make that thing yeah go. It, yeah so and, it's not it's not free but the downside it's, to nuclear 
until recent decades has been the risk of a meltdown. And there's been a ton of people who've been mm. living in fear about that. Right. And so they've prohibited, as I understand it, new nuclear facilities so, from being built. And therefore, yeah. they're prohibiting Absolutely. development. So they're, Hold on. Yep. And, and there's supposedly something called thorium reactors that have no chance of meltdown. And so, like, technology right. has moved beyond right. that concern. But sure. people are still living in 1950 with their with their worries so, and their fears about this. So the here's the thing. Mm. It's all, all of this stuff is being manipulated by the government in terms of subsidies and things sure so it's Especially really hard and such it, yeah sure but so is nuclear right and so it becomes really really difficult to like compare numbers when you aren't able to take everything into account when sure. it comes to but decommissioning for example add... if you were looking at the, for the risks of nuclear mm -hmm. you would look at what kind of insurance premiums were being charged right well the problem is if you build an, a nuclear plant the federal government has put a cap on your potential liability at one point five billion, I think, Happening. or something. Yeah, it ends up going over to the taxpayers. Incredibly small compared to how much damage you could do with a nuclear plant if you did screw up. So it's one of those places where government interventions into the market destroy information mm -hmm. that you need. But aren't we talking about the old style, the uranium uh what happens? Well, I don't know, but the insurance yeah, companies would mm -hmm. if they were taking those risks on. You seem to be a little uh, uninformed about um, uh, the waste products and uh, of a thorium reactor. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, one of the things that occurs between the difference between a thorium reactor and the one that they use to produce plutonium. The reason that they chose the plutonium one is because they could make better bombs. I don't know if you realize that, but but that's why they chose the uh, you know the 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 more messier, more dangerous reactors than the thorium reactors. The the two things that are really cool about Thorium, three things, let me say. Uh, number one, uh, they're a hands-off uh, operation that that uh, if they have a, uh, a leak of the, uh, of the fuel, all it does is just dumps into a, a container and is you know com com left completely safe mm -hmm. yeah there's no All meltdown right? with so you don't need Correct. any homer simpsons to run the thing <laughs> <laughs> that's right exactly the other thing is that um uh that the waste that they do produce you know doesn't have a ten thousand year half-life it has something like a hundred and ten year oh that's not bad Right. I mean, so you, you 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 can get away with with uh, storing it for a lot less time, and and it's a half life too. So whatever it produces as a a residual irradiation is going to you know be be half in in uh, in that shorter time frame. Yeah, the, the, the technical term, basically for those who don't know, half-life means uh, how long will the time be until half of this 
uh, output is is neutralized. Meaning the radiation, or yes, or for a for a medication, uh, they also use half life. Uh, what's the period of time that half of this medication will be in your bloodstream? Same concept. This, I think, was a predictable move, and you mentioned during the break, Chris, that some people indeed did predict that Russia was going to continue to keep the Nord Stream 1 pipeline, uh, the natural gas export pipeline from Russia to Europe, completely shut down beyond the supposed three days that they were allegedly going to be doing, quote-unquote, routine maintenance, Mm. and... Turns out that's exactly what has happened now. The news coming from various different sources. We've got uh, CNN.com here that Russia will not immediately resume exports of natural gas to Europe through the Nord Stream pipeline, worsening a shortage that threatens to tip the continent into an energy crisis this winter. Friday, that's uh, today, Russian state energy giant Gazprom said it would not resume flows through the pipeline Saturday as planned because it had detected an oil leak at its compressor station in Portavaya. The pipeline has been shut since Wednesday for maintenance. It did not give a timeline of when exports might resume. Do you believe them? Not really. Um, So, you know, the interesting argument of this is that sanctions have prevented them from... Getting parts. You know, getting parts and repairs and things. (laughs) However... um, the counter to that is effectively that this is a I, I think this is more of a counter to the sanctions. Mm-hmm. So they may be there may be some justification here, but it's sort of kind of it's kind of like it's a very weird situation because the reason they're shutting down is not why they say they may be justified in shutting down because it's a reaction to sanctions. Of course, the sanctions are a reaction to, you know, an invasion Their of Ukraine. Invasion. But then again, the invasion of Ukraine is a reaction to the U.S. getting closer and closer to Russia and compromising its security. Well, they also, the, react, the supposed reason for the invasion was that Ukraine didn't acknowledge the independence of the breakaway uh, areas of sure, the country. Sure, sure. You know, it's, it's funny how they, you know, they always give you excuses. And it's like, often it's like pretty apparent, like, that's not the real reason. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like... You may be justified in something, but it's it's so weird. It's like this is tit for tat. I mean, it's like two f- five year olds like yeah. fighting or something. Yeah. You know, it's like the reason is because they've got all the guns and they're going to force their will on everybody else. That being they being the government. From a security, like a national security perspective, right? Like a war perspective, mm-hmm. you want to have some level, uh, some ability to independently maintain your own. You know infrastructure and your own supplies and and even if you know this is this all goes kind of goes back or to, you stay out of the war yeah um right? yeah i mean certainly that's mind a good thing your too, own damn business if you can't afford to fight so you could stay out of the war and still uh be concerned about security because you don't necessarily always have a choice right so well, yeah i mean somebody else could bomb the pipeline right. or something so like that decentral this is one of those great things about decentralization it's kind of go it's kind of connected to that but um yeah having other sort not ha- being completely dependent on a single source um, for basically anything is a really wise move. And, you know, the interesting thing is it's the world is so interconnected today. But if you look at Germany, um, you know, or not Germany, I'm sorry, uh, Russia, if you look at Russia, Russia has some of these same problems humorously, but it may be in other areas like chip fabrication or, you know, 
it, it's just it's not in oil, obviously, but but in the production of oil, they they're relying or, or for their planes, they're relying on parts from outside the United States mm-hmm. or outside of Russia uh, in order to build their planes or in order to you know pump the gas out of the ground or you know so it, we're all interdependent, and if you try to hurt another country, you're also going to be hurting, hurting yourself, yourself pretty bad too. That's a fact. Uh, this is this I had not heard. I there's another point to this story here i was not aware of i knew they were talking about this some weeks or a few months ago but news of this shutdown of the pipeline comes on the same day as the west's biggest economies agreed to impose a price cap on russian oil oh isn't that interesting as though that is the idea is that somehow going to punish russia but it's just going to result in them not selling you their oil right right like right. If, if you're not willing to buy the oil at whatever the market the going market rate is if you say well you're you're a russian oil dealer we're not paying market rate you know what gets better actually is i believe europe is paying a premium in order to buy russian gas through From china. china that's yeah. correct yeah we learned that this week uh mm. earlier this week it was uh, zero hedge reported that so the russian the natural gas is being shipped down to china and then being resold and and that way europe can tell themselves oh well it's not russian natural gas that we're buying we're buying chinese natural gas at three times yeah. the price or whatever it, it gets wow. it gets even funnier because i think it, i think it was saudi arabia was doing this something similar too are they really that stupid and or ignorant or is this a calculated plot to drive the prices of living up even further to impoverish their own people uh, it's certain. It certainly could be, and that's obviously going to be the result of what they're doing. Because you know the the bottom line is, if you set a maximum price on a thing and people aren't willing to sell that thing for that price, then what you have is a shortage. Where it's like, yeah, gasoline is is a dollar a gallon. Oh, that's great. I'll take twenty gallons. Well, you can't. We haven't any. <laughs> Uh, you know, this this whole situation seems like it's not going to be a problem so much this winter. It's going to be what happens after this winter mm-hmm. because it takes years to build the kind of infrastructure that they need to build in order to uh, basically come up with gas external from some other, from some other source. Um, you can't just ship in gas like you would if you don't have the infrastructure to store it or mm-hmm. to uh, I, there's something called I think gasification which is something you have to have plants you have to build the plants in order to do that if you import it and they don't have that right now because all of their gas was coming pretty much from Russia and while they have stocked up to that level in Germany like the 80 something percent it, it, it if they they, they, that gas came from Russia. It didn't come from some other source. So you can't replace it once it's down. So even if you get through the winter, which I suspect they probably will with some, you know, measures. Some austerity you know, measures. Right. Some austerity type measures. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, probably, you know, Brandon will be sending them some of our oil. But they can't store gas. it. They can't regasify it. So there's a limit to what they can do, especially mm-hmm. Germany. Now, some of the other countries do have some, I think, gasification plants. But Germany is really the one that mm-hmm. is the problem here. According to a story at CNN.com, the uh, pipeline, by the way, to Germany has been shut down entirely at this point, and the Russians are saying, 
well, we've got to fix a thing, and it's taking longer than we're expecting, and who knows when it's going to come back online. It was supposed to take three days. Now they're saying it is an indefinite amount of time. Gazprom, which is the Russian uh, energy company owned by the state, slashed its flows to the Nord Stream pipeline to just 20% in uh, the middle of the summer, citing maintenance issues and a dispute over a missing turbine caught up in Western export sanctions. It has also cut off supplies to several what they call unfriendly European countries and energy companies over their refusal to pay for gas in rubles, as the Kremlin is now insisting. And now this is kind of an interesting aspect to all of this. And yes, we know that governments are killers and they are terrible people all across the board. But that said, it is it is kind of fun to watch. Uh, the Russian government demand payment in their own currency rather than what they previously have been willing to accept, which would have been the U.S. dollar and the euro. The bloc may have ramped up imports from alternate suppliers, like we were discussing earlier, China, which is just reselling them uh, (laughs) Russian gas at higher rates and making a mint for the middlemen. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has, however, exceeded its storage target, which is what you mentioned earlier, Chris. Uh-huh. They have uh, certain gas storage facilities that they have pushed to their, you know, not quite their maximum, but but to their targets. Uh, but a further drop in supply could push wholesale gas prices, which feed into the retail prices even higher. Consumer price inflation across the nine countries that use the euro hit 9.1% last month, which is its highest level in 25 years. So they're at about officially the same level as the United States, which is floating at about 9% uh, the last I heard. I think it dipped into the 8.5 range or something last month. But uh, about the same. Now, of course, these are all manipulated government numbers. The real numbers are probably in the double digits. Uh, if you yeah, look at- th- this is this. The impact yeah. of this is it's not going to hit immediately. It's going to no. hit further out. Um, but that doesn't mean that stocks won't begin to get impacted and things of that nature. You know, the closer and closer we get to that, you know, day zero sort of situation, um, you know, the, the worse things will get. France, uh, according to our finance ministers from the G7 group, this is another report from CNN. So this is the list of them. I didn't know them offhand. United States, Japan, Canada, Germany, France, Italy, and the UK said they would ban the provision of, quote, services which enable maritime transportation of Russian origin crude oil and petroleum products globally above, uh, above a certain price cap on Russian oil. They say that could block insurance cover or finance for oil shipments so that's what they're trying Hmm. to do with this uh restriction but again how are they going to know if it's russian oil if russia sells it to china and then it becomes chinese oil yep Mm -hmm. the maximum the other question is how do you plan to stop them do you plan to interdict Russian ships at sea or Chinese ships at sea. Well, that's, that's an act of war. war. Yeah. Um, They're not going to want to start a war with either so, Russia or China. Yeah. So, yeah, if you don't want a nuclear war, you don't prevent people from trading. Yeah. So they're just going to guarantee the price of this oil is going to go even higher. That's that's yeah. really all this Which is. Which benefits Russia. It, it will. And it'll benefit whoever they sell it to as the as Yeah, the as a consequence, man. right. Uh, now, what's always interesting to go over to RT.com, which is uh, Russia Today. That is their official propaganda arm. And they always have uh, an interesting perspective to share. Most of these European nations can't even access the website. They're completely prohibited. If you want to syllabically break down any language, if you can speak Latin, you are the man. Mm. 
Well, okay. that's true yeah. of some uh, languages. Not all languages are derived oh. from uh, from Latin. Certainly, Swahili is not. The Asian languages aren't, right? Yeah, the Asian languages are not. But if you're interested in European languages, then certainly. Mm-hmm. Well, the only one that doesn't apply to Latin is medical terminology, and that's Greek. Okay. So what so about it? Anyway, caveat emptor. Let the buyer beware. The Germans are going to burn in the oil they don't have. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting to me that they were the last tribe to stand against the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. If you look back historically, I mean, they were the original hard asses, the last man standing. But mm-hmm. anyway, so let, let's now go to what's going on here in America. We are being insulted, intruded, and beat. I can't even find a word. Beguiled by the import of Mexicans across the border, right? It doesn't insult me. I certainly have feel no offense from that. We need more workers. Hear me out. Hear me out. I well, they want more voters. They want more workers. They want more everything. No. You, you don't seem to understand. Only citizens are permitted to vote. So they're not voting. They're working. They're earning money. And they're providing the rest of us with goods to consume. Unlike uh, a lot of Americans who apparently all of a sudden have no interest in working whatsoever. We were just at another... Like another those who lo- work for the government. Well, I'm talking about anybody. I, we were just at a local restaurant today, mm. Chris and I, and the owner was telling us she cannot find anyone who's even willing to pick up a part-time uh, position as a server. Can't find anybody. Hmm. There's a there's a, a right across the street from the courthouse that we were at the other day uh, this week. There's a restaurant where it says server needed, not help wanted, but needed. They hmm. need somebody. That's that. These businesses are desperate and they cannot find people to work. Yeah. Most of the most of the problems, too, uh, with with I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't I don't consider it a problem so much, but. The problem that some of the people on the uh, what's the right, I guess, would 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 have uh, is with you know immigrants coming or people or Mexicans coming more explicitly is that th- it's a problem that was itself induced by creating the border in the first place. It used to be the Mexicans would come and then they leave. Chris, you had a story that you were going to tell us about here tonight. Uh, it is in regards to an online safety bill because I guess the internet's dangerous or something (laughs) that's the idea and the politicians are gonna save us or is this just to save the children Uh, you know it's it's i think of the children bill um it's won't somebody please think of the children so uh, the title this is coming from the new york store uh, i'm sorry the new york times Mm -hmm. i uh i have a version of I, i i what i had was a the bill this is now law in california but i had the bill before and i don't know okay. how exactly it's changed oh boy. Um, it's probably bad either way yeah uh hmm so this is called the online safety yeah, sleeping children's online safety bill is passed in california okay so what do we need to know about this? What's, uh, uh, what's the news? You know what? Um, let's see here. I may have to bring up the bill because, as opposed to the article, because 
Well, well, not well the we're bill, not going to so. be able to read the bill. I'm sure it's probably hundreds yeah. of pages long. Here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to bring up the. I'm going to bring up the. the before it became law. nonsense. <laughs> Unfortunately, the New York Times won't let me see the sites or the, oh, see the article. Oh yeah, no, so. you got to use archive.ph yeah, to get, um, get but here's, past their paywall. Here's the. Here's what. Here's what the bill before has become law. This is mm-hmm. what it was. So this is. Um, I'm going to grab it from the Technology and Marketing Law blog, and this is. Uh, this title of this is: Will California eliminate anonymous web browsing? So, at the age. Well, I mean, it if you're going to put ages on things, then you can't let people be anonymous, or you have to treat anonymous people like the youngest, like a child. smallest yes. child. Yep. Mm. yep, that's exactly what's going on here. The Age Appropriate Design Code Act is is what it's called. So uh, here's here's it, this gets into the weeds a bit, but um, so I would. I mean, as as a as a software developer, I can tell you my first inclination with this is any software that's illegal in in California, write it into your license that you're not allowed to use it in California, and then yeah. screw them. So the bill pretextually claims to protect children, but it will change the internet for everyone. Uh oh. In order to determine, just like the stupid uh, European crap, where now all of it's a sudden- literally copied from a European bill. Oh, great! Mm. <laughs> In order to determine who is a child, websites and apps will have to authenticate the age of all consumers before they can use the service. Well, let me tell you right now, as somebody who runs websites, no, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have to. No way, I'm going to comply with this. Um, yeah, mm. I'm going to block California before I comply with this. No one wants this. It will erect barriers to roaming around the internet. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Every time you do a search and you click on a website, you're going to have to authenticate. That doesn't, that's, that's, you're going to have to provide ID. Sign up to The Economist for in depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China. And full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Your, I don't know, something in order to prove, you know, how old you are. I'm guessing there's going to be some sort of authentication provider that the government's going to have a contract with that they're going to tell all these companies that they're going to have to use. Who knows? You know, governmentidcheck.com and you have to put their uh, plug-in in your browser and then that'll make it easy. You just have to I, have the spyware running you know, constantly. And I, wonder, mm-hmm. I wonder how this will affect people outside of California. Well, because presumably it's, it's spyware, only required within California. It's spyware either way because if you're the provider of authentication then you know what people are being authenticated by what sites. Mm-hmm. And when you turn that backwards, you know what sites each person is looking at. I mean, it's, it's absolutely crazy that you would need a driver's license for the Internet. And this is not the first time the left has, you know, argued for this. Mm. Um, but they've actually gotten it, it sounds like, this time. Wow. Bye-bye casual browsing. To do the authentication, businesses will be forced to collect personal information they don't want to collect, and consumers will... I'm sure some businesses do want to collect their information, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, don't want to... But not all businesses. Certainly, I don't want to collect it. Um, Certainly not if you're just browsing my company's website. Yeah, you only want to get somebody's info if they're buying something from you, so you can ship it to them. Right, because I would need to in in my case. Um, see, businesses will be forced to collect personal information they don't want to collect, and consumers don't want to give. I definitely don't want to give every website my information that no. I, I, I surf. Um, Your birth date? 
I mean, that's important information as far as people stealing your ID. I mean, that's that's mm. the authentication that you need to like pretend to be somebody. Kids don't have ID. Are they gonna? Is California gonna come up with a child's identification I, card now? I, I is that what's gonna it's be next? A good, it's a good question. How I, are they supposed to send a message to their friend? I mean, I understand. Like back when we were growing up, you'd just walk down to your friend's house, sure. and pick up the phone, and call them. But that's not how it works these days, right? These these kids are all on the internet together. I I another. don't know. I mean, these are these are good questions. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds I, like now they're all on the internet apart. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess I guess the default behavior would be presumably to disable all functionality that could be quote unquote dangerous so and the type of technology they're giving examples as would be you know being able to individually message another user on a platform right because so, in theory they could message some sort of child predator right, or right. Whatever, so right? if That's you're the on fear. if you're on facebook maybe mm-hmm. i know that facebook nobody's using facebook anymore but if you were on facebook you might be able to view somebody's page but you wouldn't be able to message them s- send them an individual message mm-hmm. might be an example um Businesses still could not comply with this bill. That's because this bill is based on the UK Age Appropriate Design Code. Okay, I'm sorry, it, the UK, United Kingdom, which I think is. Sometimes I thought they just did Europe. that with porn sites in the UK. I thought that was the news a few years. ago. I think ago, they pulled so. this from. Yeah, mm. I, I I feel like this. They pulled this. I'm not sure. I don't know if they pulled this from a porn. I'm not 100 percent sure if they pulled well, this. From I remember a, porn. a few years ago. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. There was news about the UK specifically putting into place a mandatory age check to get right. onto porn uh, websites. Yeah, and so that sounds like what they're talking about I, here. I, I don't know if this was copied from that specifically, mm-hmm. or if the age appropriate design code that they're referencing from the UK is another bill that has similar uh, language in it. But either way, yeah, absolutely. European laws are often aspirational and standards based instead of rural based because European regulators and regulated businesses engage in dialogues and the regulators reward good tries, even if they aren't successful. We don't do a uh, a for effort laws in the US and generally we we rely on rules. Uh, Go here. Uh, Rules, not standards to provide certainty to businesses. And reduce regulatory overreach and censorship. Yeah, and I think I think what they're saying here, if I if I'm interpreting this correctly, is that basically in the United States, if you violate, uh, you know, a a a, a rule, I guess, um, you get penalized for that in the court of law. It's not a oh you tried, you know, saying you're going into a court of law when you're charged with something and saying I tried isn't a defense. Not that Sarah cares. She doesn't know the internet. She doesn't use the internet uh, for the most part, although she did report recently that her kind of boyfriend slash roommate did receive some sort of a smartphone device because he needed it for business. So Sarah is now technically online. She does have an internet connection (laughs) in her home for the first time ever. But what were you calling about tonight, Sarah? Well, another thing, but we we don't know how to access it. Not yet. It might take us like six months to figure out how to go to the website. <laughs> Are you serious? It's gonna take you six months to figure out how to access a website. Well, we got the speaker coming off, flashlight coming on, emergency thing coming off. We don't know how to uh, shut it off. We we have to get, actually go to the store to get it rebooted. So maybe <laughs> oh in a year, okay, so maybe we'll get that. We're, we're not talking about coming online in twenty twenty here, people, or twenty twenty two people. We're talking about coming online in twenty twenty three, maybe. If we can figure That's out how to use the internet. Like, yeah. They're still working on rebooting <laughs> it. Old people. You know what I mean? He's like 71 and I'm 53. So, you know, we're just, we hate these computer stuff, but <laughs> we don't have a choice. Well, I thought you were in your 60s. 
No, I'm 53. Okay. You All know, right. so far. She's your age, so, nobody. Yep, same age as me. I don't hate the computer so, things. Not even a little bit. <laughs> I, it's convenient, but it's so hard to learn. It's like when you get older, it's hard to like learn new things. It's Do you think hard. it's because you don't want to learn? Is that what it is? Because I don't understand this mentality. I, I Mark Edge sympath- has this, I can too. sympathize with this a little bit. I understand where she's coming from. But the mm-hmm. problem is people are so lazy. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Well, well, I yeah, learn new well, things all the time. I yeah. have to. Right. I'm interested. If I'm interested in a thing, I'm I'm more than likely to be very willing to learn that thing. Like, I don't get it. I, I get that it gets harder as you age, but I, I certainly don't think that like. Well, there's obviously a learning learn. curve. I mean, if you're yeah. getting into technology for the first time, there's going to be a bit of a fish out of water right, right. Uh, situation. But I mean, it's not rocket science. <laughs> right. Well, I just want to bring up these uh, another thing about I always I love to make you guys laugh with all of the things that we do here in Albuquerque and we have so many loiterers uh, on our bus stops I mean it's like a napping bed we have a lawyers Lo- yeah it did kind of sound like that she loiterers. said loiterers people who oh. are loitering <laughs> she mm. said yeah, you guys are really getting desperate there uh, in around. terms of poverty wait a minute the, the city back- bus won't stop at a bus stop because there are people loitering there well, that, that's the part. They don't know who is just sitting there drinking a beer, trying to <laughs> take under the seat, and they don't know who wants to... What, 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 I, mean, the, look, I guess I, you're I just going to have to get a car or something, Sarah. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, I have to stand at the curb and wave them down, and, uh, I, and hopefully that I don't fall into the street. No, I actually have to go out onto the street and Do you wave fall them down, down a lot, Sarah? Me. No, not really. No, okay. but I have to go out on the street <laughs> and then come back up to know that I want the bus. You know this is such a right weird problem. You know, coming as coming as somebody who's never really lived in a major city, mm-hmm. it just seems like such a weird problem to have to deal. And, and don't get me wrong, I've you know I've written trains in okay. cities and I've stayed in cities for you know months on end. But like, it just seems like such a weird problem, like having to flag down a bus. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I don't even think I ever had that type of problem when I've and I have ridden buses in major mm-hmm. cities and I've read trains. But it's like. Well, but do you have loiterers, panhandlers, drunks? Yes. That I mean, I was in San Diego, uh, let's see, New York, what was it? No, New York City and Boston, I think, are the, probably the three main ones. Although I've done Washington, uh, some cities in Washington and elsewhere. So, but, Sarah, what you're saying is you think the, Paris, the loiterers are much worse in Albuquerque than they are in other cities. So bad that the people driving the city buses won't even stop the buses because there's just most of the time they'll stop and then the, no one gets on because they're just people hanging out drinking at the bus stop <laughs> and they're smoking and they sit there and smoke because it's a safe place. <laughs> you guys are laughing. But it is. Yeah, it's I funny. I mean, it, it is really sad. Funny. <laughs> it's sad that people, you know, are living this particular lifestyle, I, but that's what happens in a welfare state, Sarah. I would think that the buses would stop at every bus stop, but I do know that some places that's not the case where it's not busy. But but then you would well, think if no it's, one there, if it's won't stop. right, if it's not busy, then, you know, like, I don't think you're going to have the, the homeless problem there, but I don't, I don't know. This bill, uh, if it were passed by enough of the House, I presume... California has a veto override process, right? So, I mean, most states must have I mean, veto override. If it's 33 override. to 0, right. what, what's there to override? Yeah, well, if I'm saying if there is well, a veto. Well, that's the Senate, not yeah, the if, House. If there is a veto, then right, the, right. it could go back to the Senate and then they pass. Like here in New Hampshire, if you can get two-thirds, right. you can override a, a veto. But you have to get it in both the House and the Senate. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I'm presuming they have a, a system like that, which would mean that the governor will likely pass this thing. I mean, yeah. Why? I, I mean, he? why wouldn't he sign yeah. it, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, there's more to the bill. Um, let's see. Third, the bill reaches topics well beyond children's privacy. Instead, the bill repeatedly implicates general consumer protection concerns and most troublingly content moderation topics. This turns the bill into a Trojan horse for comprehensive regulation of internet services and would turn the privacy centric California privacy protection act into the general purpose internet regulator. Oh, before you go on. It appears to have passed the assembly in a vote of 72 to 0. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So now we know it is completely unanimous yeah. in, in both uh, legislatures. So the big takeaway, this bill's protect the children framing is designed to mislead everyone about the bill's scope. The bill will dramatically degrade the Internet experience for everyone and will empower a. Well, new- let's just be clear. The bill is just a bunch of words on paper written by strangers sitting in a room in a place they call California. The implementation of the bill is going to be done by these big tech corporations and obedient people who do whatever it is that those people in the room say. So if the if the I people mean, in the tech world ignored what these people in California were doing, then there would be no change to I the mean, internet. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there are there are regulators. I mean, they presumably would be fined. There are fines in the bill. Yes, absolutely. um, But I guess most of these companies are probably based in California because there's a ton of tech companies. There's an argument to say you could just get out of California. Yeah, and some Mm -hmm. companies are. I mean, get to get to Texas, get to New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. So um, it will empower a new censorship-focused regulator who has no interest or expertise in balancing complex and competing interests. So who's covered? Uh, the bill applies to businesses that provide an online service, product, or feature likely to be accessed by a child. child. So that's every website then, because yeah. any child can type in any website, <laughs> right. right? Pretty much. There's what's passed in the bill, and then there's what the bureaucracy does with it. It, it so gets, it gets they even, always interpret yeah. things in their own favor and interpret them wider than they even were intended sure. by the Absolutely. people who wrote the bill. And it gets even crazier. In contrast, the bill says that if it's reasonable to expect one, just one, you might have millions of users, but if even one under 18-year-old user uh, visits the the site, (laughs) the business must comply with its requirements. No, thanks. I'm not going to do it. I I wonder, is there any site like on the Internet has any substantial user base, even if it's completely targeted at adults that doesn't have at least one under 18 teenager accessed it before? Right. (laughs) Maybe an adult diapers website or something for uh, for geriatrics, you know, like uh, whatever the hell they they sell. I'm pretty sure you're going to find some (laughs) 17 year old who wants to buy something for grandma or whatever. Are you going to find any kids on that site? Yeah. It depends. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. With that overexpansive framing, few websites and apps can reasonably expect that under-18s will never use their services. Thus, I believe mm-hmm. all websites, apps, are covered by this law, so long as they cl- they clear the CPRA quantitative thresholds for being a business. Oh, so it might not apply if you've got a website up that doesn't have any advertising on it and, and doesn't sell a product, doesn't sell a product and doesn't provide a service of some kind. 
I guess. If the whole idea, I mean, I'm not defending the this idea or anything like that, but if the whole idea is to, quote-unquote, protect the children, why would it matter whether or not they were selling something? Are they only trying to protect them from being sold know. something? Or are they trying to protect them from, like, you know, talking to some pervert? Because I don't know. there's plenty I mean, of websites that, you know, don't sell things, like right. forums, right? Like, all I'm thinking is, like, websites that are set up by predators on like tor mm-hmm. wouldn't be wouldn't have to comply with this bill in theory so well tor websites are hard to find in, i know but the point that with. i'm making is that actual predator websites mm-hmm. aren't going to necessarily have to be commercial so right like <laughs> it like <laughs> the actual websites that maybe could be a concern wouldn't have to comply with this bill anyway mm-hmm. um anyway uh, let's hear what's required the bill starts with this aspirational statement companies that develop and provide online services products or features that children are likely to access again anybody under 18 um, not just you know like actual children um, to access should consider the best interests of children when designing developing and providing that service product or feature chris you are a business owner you don't open a, you don't run a brick and mortar business in that you have a front door that customers can walk through you are shipping product on yeah. online so you don't have the same 99 percent of, of our businesses yeah. outside of new hampshire yeah you don't have the same kind of costs that uh your, your typical mom and pop business does but you still get an electric bill oh, yeah. uh, and there are still costs to to doing your business but one of the things that some people have been noticing recently and there's an article about it over at uh, the wall street journal is that things that had previously been available gratis for free at a business, they would have been included in whatever the deal was, are now getting upcharged for it. They're now charging extra for things that used to be freebies. And so that's kind of one of the things that this story is focusing on by Jacob Passy at The Journal. He says, it's not just your imagination. More and more things that used to be free are now costing you money. Food delivery, grocery bags, the unexplained convenience fee. Add-ons and extras are now everywhere, often boosting actual costs well over headline prices. New line items on power and cable bills often slip by unnoticed. Even securing a hard copy of your own bank statement might come at a cost. And that's an old one. That one's been going on for years. Yeah, it's been around a long time. Things we used to buy once, like music or DVDs, are being replaced by subscriptions that we pay over and over. In some countries, and I saw the headline about this one recently... BMW owners are now paying a monthly fee for heated seats. Oh, subscription. I'll bet that really burns their butts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're actually charging subscriptions for things that you would have bought. I cannot even understand why anyone would agree to that. It does not make sense at all. It's a coil I, in my seat. I understand why I, I don't want to give up my 2005 Honda. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's because of this garbage. In, in newer cars. I mean, who thought of that one? Oh, yeah, let's charge our customers for uh, turning on a coil in this, like a heating coil in their seats. And you still have to pay for the gas yeah. and the, you know, everything that right. generates that heat. When you're receiving goods, not every good is necessarily going to be tariffed. If you order like a small quantity of something, like maybe you order $5,000 or something, the tariff might not apply. Or mm-hmm. if you are, um, you know, certain types of item, like, I don't, I don't know, like, like, yeah, maybe, maybe, um, not electronic items, but maybe mm-hmm. like, I don't know, maybe the antennas for something okay. that's electronic. If we order, you know, $10,000 with antennas, 
maybe that doesn't have the tariff. Got so it. it's like we actually had stuff where it came in, no tariff was paid, mm-hmm. but then you know we had something in the next week and a tariff was charged. So it's all arbitrary. So yeah, it's it, there's a lot of arbitrary you know stuff going on and like computers, full computers. I think didn't have the tariff, but the parts actually did. All the parts did. So. When we build a computer in the United States, we manufacture in the United States, we actually pay more than the companies who are having the computers built in China sure. and shipping to the United States and then selling them yeah, because they, they're they not paying tariff. So it's like it actually – and the whole trade war was to bring jobs to the United States. It actually undermined businesses <laughs> in the United States by increasing their prices wow. who actually had physical labor here actually doing some sort of manufacturing. Yeah. Not surprising. Whether that was their intention or not, it's so common that you know government programs and government mandates do the reverse of what their intentions were. It's because they have the dumb. Well, nobody manufactures in the United States, so no. therefore this makes a lot of sense. Well, that's not true. There are some small businesses that still manufacture in the United States. So here's a few examples of businesses that are now charging fees for things that used to just be free. Uh, they give airlines as an example. You prefer an aisle seat, for instance. You, know, you don't like to have to cross over people when you got to get up to pee or whatever during the, during the flights to get the aisle seat. Don't like sitting in the back of the plane? Well, these days, that can cost you. Major airlines have now introduced preferred seats. Travelers that choose them must pay an extra fee, sometimes as much as $100 on top of their airfare. To be clear, these aren't seats with extra legroom or any other perks. Rather, they're just standard economy seats, often toward the front of the plane and near the aisle or the window. Lori Garrow, professor at the Georgia Institute of Technology School of Civil and Environmental Engineering, described these as attributes of the seats that customers are willing to pay for. They say here that earlier this year, AMC Theaters imposed a surcharge when The Batman first hit theaters. The surcharge cost between a dollar and a dollar fifty, depending on where the theater was located. Other chains did the same. Viewers at the Cinemark Theater in Ohio paid an extra two dollars to see The Batman. Cineworld Group owned another Batman reboot. Yeah, they've been doing these things. I they've guess they've done like five of them now, haven't they? Cineworld Group owned Regal Entertainment also charged more for the popular film. In a sense, blockbuster fees are a form of variable pricing, no different from how a hotel stay or flight would cost more during a holiday weekend as opposed to less busy time of the year. During an earnings call with analysts, uh, Cinemark's chief financial officer said the company was, quote, in the midst of a series of tests related to its ticket pricing to see how the pandemic may have changed things. She said those tests could lead to increases or decreases in pricing depending on the theater, market, time of day, week, and various other factors. That actually doesn't seem that unreasonable. It seems actually sound like like pretty sound logic to me to i mean i don't know if it's if it was just batman like that would be kind of weird that, yeah but that would if be it weird. was like across their movies like there's some movies that aren't worth seeing and you would think they would be cheaper you know you, mm. you wouldn't pay as much for them um so that kind of would make sense to me that's interesting well i mean it would also make sense of course if you're in an area where the rent costs a lot more, right obviously you gotta have your higher uh, ticket price there I mean, even though you're a chain you can't charge the same at a high-end area it, as you would a, a cheaper area right it doesn't even seem like I, i'd actually be shocked that amc doesn't have different prices at different theaters for a ticket yeah i would be like too. already yeah um which that has is, to be the case which is weird if they're gonna only do it for batman at some theaters uh, a premium like that just seems weird you would think they would have just done it at for all of their 
it, it, you know, if they were going to charge a different price, they would just do it for every every ticket, mm-hmm. like regardless of the movie. But but you do make an interesting point about having a movie that isn't expected to be as popular. Why not charge less for something like that? And yeah, and, and I think it's one Get thing people in the door. Well, right, and I think it would be one thing to say our tickets are normally X. But for these movies, it's less than X. That's more acceptable as like a, from a customer's perspective. Yeah. Y'all weren't here last night. I don't know if you wanted to comment on you know what Biden was saying yesterday, basically on the attack against what he mm-hmm. called the MAGA Republicans or the MAGA forces. Yeah, my understanding is he's forming a new political party known as the Highway Party. So you'll have two choices in future Democratic elections in America, my way or the highway. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the imagery last night was particularly interesting. Uh, when When we were first hearing about it, the pictures were coming out showing Joe Biden at this podium and... Lit all in blood red. Behind him, yeah, with this super creepy red light on the building at the, in Philadelphia. And Marines hiding in the shadows. Yes, yeah, so the imagery of the you know soldiers behind him, so there's the violence that he's backed by, and then the blood red uh, lighting. Mm. When I watched the full video, because I said at the time, I said, this is deliberate. I mean, everything these people do is deliberate. There was, this wasn't an accident. Yeah. They didn't just happen to you know, film this in front of a building where there's all red lights. They installed those lights there specifically for this. Mm-hmm. And if they were already there, they made sure they were running in red form. Because at the beginning of the video, you can see uh, that the, the lighting is just like normal toned. It's like just white light or whatever. Or yellow or whatever the color was. And then as Biden is coming out, it shifts from white or yellow to sort of like normal lighting to all red lights behind (laughs) him. So it absolutely 100% was a deliberate choice in imagery. And it looked very much, you mentioned this at the beginning of the show, it looked very much like V for Vendetta. Uh, Strikingly It was all about Sutter. Um, Sutler, I think. Sutler, yeah, yeah. Sutler, the dictator. The, uh, character yeah, he movie. was the uh, actually the chancellor. Oh, chancellor was his official yeah. title, which was interesting because chancellor was the title uh, that was what Hitler was actually elected mm-hmm. to be. Um, although he uh, apparently forced some other people out of the government and became more than chancellor. Uh, after he stopped having elections. Well, wasn't the plot of V for Vendetta post a, a sort of a pop- uh, apocalyptic disease or whatever that, that came yeah, out? Yeah, it was actually a genetically engineered disease mm-hmm. where the people in the government had engineered the disease and they were all stockholders in the company <laughs> that produced the vaccine. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show 
at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live. 